0: Hello everyone and welcome to our first episode of Business 101 where I interview different entrepreneurs and business people from around the world and they tell us all of their secrets and their not so obvious secrets and we're able to learn for ourselves how we can build our own businesses and become financially independent. Today our guest is Safa in Transit who is an amazing entrepreneur from Pakistan and she lives in Karachi I believe where is it Karachi or Lahore? Karachi. I was right, okay. Thank goodness. In Karachi, where she runs her own media company, she runs her own retreats, and we're going to find out all about that today. So welcome, Safa. Hi,
1: thank you for having me here. I'm so excited for this. (laughs) Me too. Okay, so I have some questions for you,
0: but before we get started with the questions, um, why don't you give us like your two-minute to four-minute entrepreneur journey? How did you go from a normal teenager to now running your own media company?
1: (laughs) Okay, so I think I've rehearsed this enough so I can probably make it short. (laughs) Um, So around when I was in the sixth grade, I decided I wanted to be in marketing because that was something that was always so interesting to me as a child. Even I loved watching ads and I loved understanding marketing campaigns. So I decided to go for that field. So all my sub- objects were chosen and my degree was chosen accordingly and my dream company to work at was coca-cola so once I got done with my degree from Coventry University I came back to Pakistan because I was missing home so much and I started applying everywhere and honestly in the first three months I pretty much applied everywhere in Karachi but I did not get a job anywhere and uh, i thought that uh, a degree from maybe a foreign university is going to probably land me a great job anywhere but that was not true um and i started my first job uh, at an activation agency which is all about btl marketing um i did that for about two years and gopola actually was one of my clients what's
0: btl marketing?
1: btl is below the line marketing which is basically anything to do with human interaction and no media So um, basically when you go to a mall in Singapore and they're like uh, people standing, they'll come up to you and be like, hey, would you like to try our product and tell you all about it? Um, Or maybe if you go into a store and all that stuff. Like face-to-face marketing,
0: got it, okay.
1: Yes, face-to-face marketing, direct marketing. Um, So basically I was doing that my first job and I learned so much from it. Um, And then Coca-Cola was actually my client So I decided to quit my existing job because it was getting a little too much and I wanted to study a little more so I could get better opportunities. Um, And I quit my job and found out that my client, Coca-Cola, my dream company, had an opportunity. Um, So I applied for it um, and because I had worked for them, the interview was pretty much easy and everything. So I got in and I had to move to a different city for it, so I went to Lahore um and that's quite a big deal for someone who is not married um and uh, living in a different city especially as a Pakistani girl so I moved to Lahore I did that for about a year and my mom called me back and said you know hey I'm alone and you know you should come back and everything so I decided to come back but because I was so good at my job they did not let me go and they said hey why don't you just work from home and work from Karachi, and there's an agency office, so maybe you could just go there every time we want to do a con call, call and everything. So I said, Sure. So I did that for about a year, but I knew I could not progress. Um, so I decided to quit my job and get into another beverage company here in Pakistan. Um, I did that for about eight to nine months and I didn't like it, so I walked up one day to my boss and I said, hey, this doesn't seem the right fit for me. And he's like, what? <laughs> and I said, yep, I gotta go. And I quit, I got my resignation accepted on WhatsApp. And two years later, um, I had registered my company all on impulse because I thought that I just I just couldn't work for like a nine to five or work for an organization. And no matter how much effort I put in, just get a you know limited amount of salary, yeah every time um you know some days i wouldn't even show up and not even work and i'll still get the same pay. so why even put an effort so i decided i'm gonna do my own thing which is all going to be driven by effort the more effort i put in the more i earn um so i started mad media which is a digital marketing agency it does social media management content generation influencer marketing um talent management um so after that for about two years of having mad media because one of my passions is travel so i started a travel retreat company which you're familiar with it's called utopia retreats we take groups of people it's not just influencers and we take them to a different country so that they can get to explore and open up and travel with strangers become friends and the great thing about uh, utopia retreats which is different is because those strangers are all from the same industry or same group as you so you get to connect with them because you're like-minded mm-hmm. and at the same time um you know you just come back fr- with you know being friends with strangers and we also do workshops over there so it's not just basically you're know, going out for fun um it's fun and learning so we wanted to combine the two and uh, yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> oh, cool. thank you for the background i think it's important
0: that we kind of see where you're coming from before we go into all of the questions and everything um, I want to ask you quick. Yeah. You said you moved to another city. I know, you know, from people in the U.S. where I'm from, that's like pretty normal. Like, you can move away from your family and move to yeah. the city. It's not a big deal. But for those of you listening, like from the U.S. or from Europe, you know, in a lot of Eastern cultures, if you're a single woman, like moving away from your family is very crazy and like almost impossible. So- so how were you able to like move, where did you live, did you live with family in the other city or did you like have roommates, how did that work?
1: So. Um, yeah, like I said, it was very, very tough. And honestly, I had applied for my job. Um, and I knew I was going to be in Lahore. And I had sort of given my mom a feeler that it's going to be in Lahore. So I might need to move for it. And at that time, she was like, Yeah, sure. Cool. You know, because she obviously thought I wouldn't probably get it because it's such a big company or whatever. <laughs> um, turns out I got the job. And I told her, I said, Hey, I got it. So when am I moving? And she's like, no way, you're not moving. And then the whole shebang of, um, you know, our culture does not allow it. What are people going to say? Um, you, you can't be living alone. It's not a safe country or city or whatever. And I had to give her a lot of like, you was know, it- that I'm going to be OK. It
0: was like a fairy right like Lokahikyanga or something look ahead
1: Kahenge. yeah <laughs> which is which is basically like what i what are your aunts and uncles going to say what are what are your neighbors going to say and i'm like i don't care yeah <laughs> so um the great thing is that my mom is as much as she's strict um i've been able to have a relationship with her where i can treat her as a friend and get her to um, agree with me because I always believe in having open conversation with your parents. I didn't as a child, uh, but when I grew up um, after when I came back from UK after studying, I made sure I had a very positive relationship with her, where where she didn't agree with anything. I always asked her, you know, why? Give me a reason, and I'll counter it. Let's you know have an argument about it. So. Um, After all of the thinking, because she loves me so much and I'm amazing, (laughs) she um, she went to Lahore for me um, and she was just trying to survey like places where um, I could, um, you know, potentially live because obviously she was worried like where am I going to live and alone and with romance or what Um, we found a place where I could uh, live and uh, we didn't rent it out because my mother just bought it and she's like hey you know it's just property investment you live there once you're done i'm just gonna sell it i'm like okay i guess yeah <laughs> so in it, initially I, I was living with my um aunt and uncle which is my mom's cousin and his husband so um, they, i was it, living with them no i was living with them for like a month while the house was getting ready
0: okay
1: yeah Um, I lived there for a month, Um, obviously living with someone else who has different rules was completely different for me. And as much as my mom wanted, that would be my long-term plan, just living with them. I couldn't stand it because obviously my mom had raised me very differently and they were raising their kids very differently. So my mom, um, finally, we finalized the place and everything else and then then I moved. Um, And one of my best friends from Karachi was also moving for a different job in Lahore. So she became my roommate and I was pretty happy. So it's kind of like living with your best friend and you have the whole house to yourself. So yeah, it was pretty great. (laughs) Oh, amazing.
0: Okay, okay. So let me ask you some of these questions I have here. We're going to do like quick answers, okay? So in your Instagram profile, the first words that you use to describe yourself are boss babe. How did you decide (laughs) that you embody boss babe? (laughs)
1: um honestly um i was just looking at it strategically nothing is off the whim for me um everything has a strategy so boss pay because i think i had that in me an attitude that i was traveling with my own money and i was not like other influencers my you know opinions and reviews were not were not for sale um and i had a business i had one business at that time and i was talking about you know leading your own life, being your own boss. And I think pretty much anything I was talking about kind of fit into that category. So I just went out there and I said, I'm going to call myself boss babe till people start calling me that. And I think that happened because every time someone messaged me, me, you're my favorite boss babe. And I'm like, I think I just branded myself because that's what you need to do. You need to brand yourself first and then people will follow.
0: And here's the question. A lot of people are scared when they're branding themselves or when they're on camera or making videos or content. They're scared that people will think they're like full of themselves. And I've had that happen before where people thought I was like full of myself because of things I was doing for branding purposes. So what do you have to say to people who are afraid to say like I'm a boss babe or to say I'm successful or to say I've built this because they're afraid people will see them as conceited? Or um, you know, they always label us like, "Oh, you're full of yourself," or "Oh, you're." How can you come off as confident?
1: I think there are two there are two parts to this. Uh, definitely, the first part is um, if you think you're doing something right. Don't really think about like people thinking, "Oh, you're full of yourself," because they don't know your story, they don't know your journey. Um, secondly, if you yourself feel like, "Hey, listen, I think I'm not. I'm not exactly a boss babe, and why am I calling myself that?" probably you need to rethink it um, because if you're feeling it, then other people are definitely going to feel it a little more. So you want to make sure you brand yourself. That is something you embody. It's not something you're, you're just doing it for camera. So, uh, for example, if you say, um, I am a fashion diva, but you know, you want to call yourself that or whatever. Um, but you don't know anything about fashion or anything whatsoever. You don't want to be over-ambitious. You want to make sure that somebody who comes to your profile or looks at your business or looks at your content and, um, can read it and be like, yeah, right. You know, Because I'm not a boss babe who doesn't talk about work or who doesn't talk about business. Um, I don't just stick to talking about travel. I don't just stick to talking about products. I talk about my life, which is as a boss. You know, There are there's well, a team of people who call me boss and they look up to me.
0: And that's one of the things I like about you is there's so many people on Instagram where they, they, you know, they call themselves this or that or personal coach or this, but they don't actually, when you look at their content, you can see they don't have any experience. And I think it's a very scary thing that there's so many people on the internet that get to say like, I'm a professional of this or I'm a professional of that. So this is just a flash to everyone watching. Like, whoever you're trusting to take advice from, please check their profiles and make sure that they're actually worthy of giving advice. Okay, next question. What keeps you motivated when you don't want to work? And I know you've been struggling
1: with that lately, especially. So... But you always- Oh, it's Ramzan right now. So I'm not even working. There are so many projects I've said no to because honestly, I can't wake up in the day. I've only woken up for you because I love Yay! you so much, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I lose motivation all the time. And that's what I think people don't understand when they always see a perfect picture and you go like, Oh, you know, she's earning and she's doing so much and her day is so full. Um, I try to make a point and I tell people like, Hey, I'm not feeling motivated today. Um, and for someone who has a marketing agency and has to come up with strategies and be creative, I think motivation really and inspiration needs to really strike. Yeah. So when I lose motivation, um, I have this habit that every year on my birthday, I write down my goals. So um, whatever my goals are, I want to travel to 10 countries, I want to earn this much, I want to save this much, I want to buy this, or um, even like, you know, personal mental health goals, I want to be a calmer person, I want to have lesser anxiety, I want to practice mindfulness for five minutes or something. I've written it all down. Um, It's in my notes section. Um, on my email because I don't want to keep it on my phone and I don't want everyone to have access to it or anything. So I just keep it on my email. Um, This time around I wrote it in a notebook and I keep looking at it and I just go like you know whatever you're doing throughout the year it's all for this. Whatever you're doing even the smallest step or the biggest step it's all for this your yearly goals. You don't you know plan beyond the year you just plan for the year that's it. Yeah and if you feel like you're you're lacking your motivation just look at this and just like how will this get done if you keep having these you know bad days so you have to turn into a cycle if you're feeling anxiety or if you're feeling like you're not calm enough to work and you know get yourself motivated then you first fix that you meditate or you just sit and you just take a break and after that just come back with like and you know an even stronger force that you know if I'm not gonna do this, nobody is gonna get this done. So I'm probably saving the world from something. So I'm gonna be the hero. I'm gonna put on my cape and I'm gonna get this done.
0: <laughs> and you said you turned down a lot of clients and stuff right now. So how do you get yeah.
1: of your clients?
0: Because a lot of people just getting started, they might have a skill, but they don't really understand like where are these clients coming from, especially if they're not really good at networking. So do most of your clients come to you, or do you apply and send proposals, or how does that work at your company?
1: Um, Initially, it was definitely 99%, uh, actually 100% of me approaching the clients. Um, Now that it's been almost three years for my um, marketing agency, Mad Media, um, now people know of me or my company because of my past services with other people, and they reach out to me. But at this point, it's probably, you know, 60% them coming to me and 40% me going to them. Um, And I think the biggest tip I can give to people, as much as it's cliche, network. Network is like your ultimate goal or ultimate savior when it comes to having your own business. Because you need to network. You need to understand who's who. And that's one thing. I've always been interested in so anytime I'll even meet someone very casually and go like, Hey, yeah. Hi, what's your name? What do you do? Um, where do you work? And I feel like if that could be my potential client, I'd be like, Hey, you know, I'm going to email you my company profile and don't be afraid. Okay. It's, it's your work out there. You need to, you need to share with people for people to know it's not going to magically have a lot of, you know, it's your business can't go viral overnight so you need to understand that you need to introduce yourself and your business pretty much everywhere you go so anybody who has met me probably in 10 minutes would know that i own this business and they would potentially reach out to me exactly this is something i teach so i've been
0: as you know i was doing the dearly retreats in real life you know i had them in bali We had them at the same time and those are super focused on video making and content creation And then um, Corona happened, which, you know, the timing was actually great. Corona happened right after my retreat ended and yours. So I was like, thank goodness it didn't get to the retreat. Um, But I couldn't plan my next retreat, which is kind of what keeps me going and gives me something to look forward to, to socialize, because a lot of my work, um, video making is very isolating because I'm just making it by myself without anyone else. And so I decided to start hosting the digital retreats. So I don't know if you know, but I've been doing the online retreats and it's open to men and women. And one exercise we do is exactly what you're talking about. And it's so, so important. I call it perfecting your pitch. And it's essentially write down what you do, who you are and what you have to offer to brands. And every time you meet anyone ever, try to get that sentence in somehow. So let's say like, I'm at your house for dinner and you know, we're walking to the store after to get some chocolate and we meet somebody and we're just chatting and they're like, oh, what do you do, Aline? And then I give my pitch. Like just pretending. Yeah. Oh yeah, my name's Lean. I run, you know, I'm a content creator. I do content creation retreats and I and I do uh, trainings for brands. So like in one sentence, it seems like a casual intro, but like you said, it's this planting of a seed that is so important. And I just want to reiterate what you just said because I think that will help so many people getting started. Um, you never know where your next job is going to come
1: from. <laughs> like come exactly places. <laughs> yeah. I swear, there's so many times where I just introduce myself and they're like, oh, yeah, we've been looking for a digital marketing agency. Hey, can you just email us? And it has really worked out. So just take your chances everywhere and keep telling people what you do and be proud of it. Exactly.
0: Confidence. Confidence is key. Okay. Next question is, how did you decide? So I know you started your company kind of randomly because you were sick of working for another company. Um, but for example, when I started running Dear Lean, I didn't turn it into an official company, like legally with paperwork. Mm. I just did stuff through my own account, which is, all, which is legal as well, but it's not. You're not a company. So, what made you decide to, instead of doing it through your personal stuff, to establish an actual business? And what, when would you recommend to our viewers when they should turn their hobby into an official business?
1: Welcome. Okay. So the reason why I decided to turn um, it into a company rather than just be a freelancer is because I knew there was a very uh, less demand for a strategist or someone who could think of campaigns. But as you know, that digital marketing, I'm sure even social media management has so many you know job roles. So there's someone who moderates the page, there's someone who creates the content. Someone who writes the copy, someone who creates the, does the media buying, and all of that stuff. And I knew that I wasn't going to be a person who's going to do all of it uh, because that's just going to consume a lot of time, and that's pretty much like doing a job for one client. So I decided to register it as a company. And to anyone who I, you know, I want to give this advice to, if you are a person whose company is going to base on just your skill, then you can continue doing it as a freelancer. But if you feel like you need people and you're gonna hire freelancers or you're gonna work with a team of people, then definitely go for a company. It's a little more official. It's a little more um, you know, out there. There are more chances for you to grow that way. Because as a one, as one person, if you're a freelancer, your options are limited. You can only probably give time to like maximum five clients in a year, right? Yeah. But as a company, when you can rely on 10 people, then you can have 25 clients in a year. And I think that's a better bet. So you just need to understand what your skill is and what your your ambition is, what your vision and goal is.
0: Okay, a lot of people have issues with hiring. It's one of the biggest problems from the biggest companies in the world to like the little mom and pop shops. And you seem to really like
1: most of your employees. Um so how them <laughs> you're like all the employees. <laughs> I love them literally. Like we have these online meetings these days and it's pretty much not work. We'll just discuss work on WhatsApp and we'll just catch up together. So I love my team so much.
0: And how many employees do you have right now?
1: So I have right now four uh, employees that sit in my office and then there's six employees which work from their own homes and spaces or are doing some sort of a part-time role with me, so there are technically ten people on the payroll right now, okay. including me. I don't get a salary, which is weird. What do you live off of? <laughs> I live off on of profit, like I call, uh, you know, tell people like there are okay. certain things that pay the bills, and then there, um, then everything else is mine. So I don't need a salary. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: it's true. You're like I, you own 100% of the company. I'm assuming
1: exactly
0: <laughs> yeah. all the profits is your profits eventually um so how did you find these employees and then as a follow-up question hello how do you make sure they're being there? Let me see. oh sorry you froze I'll ask you again can you see me still Okay, so how do you find these employees? How do you make sure they're being productive? And how do you stop like these friendships from becoming like a distraction from getting work done and things like that?
1: So I've always wanted to be a a very chill boss because I've had my share of all kinds of bosses. (laughs) Um, And so I wanted to make sure that I experiment with these people. Like I wanted to see if I was friendly, were they doing their job? If I was strict, were they doing their job? So I think pretty much the first year of experimenting. Um, in the second year, I was just like, okay, you can be friendly, but then while you're talking, all of a sudden you need to break and be like, hey, where's that report? And all of a sudden the mood will shift and they'll start focusing that this is work and play both. I like to keep it that way. Um, as for hiring, every time I want to hire, and I always, um, you know, focus on hiring young people because that's the kind of work that we're in. It's for young people. People should know how to do Facebook and Instagram content and all that stuff. So I always put it up on my, um, my page, which is Safine Content. So it has an, a community of people and I get lots of CVs from there. Um, then we just skim through the CVs and feel like if anything pops up, we'll just call them for an interview. A lot of people from different cities also apply and we go like, oh, this is a Karachi based job. So I'm not sure I'm not willing to pay for relocation or anything. And they're like we really want to work with you and I'm like okay <laughs> you have to see me as a boss first <laughs> so uh, I think my employees would would be able to answer that better because I know for a fact like they, they adore me and they love me and same way you know likewise for them um, I've been able to hire really good people through sort of trial and error so we do this probation period which is three months where you're not a fixed employee and in that three months, you're getting the full salary, obviously. But in those three months, we can kind of test you out and you can even leave the place. And I can also fire you without sort of a notice. Um, once the probation period is over, um, then you're like a fixed employee. So I've never I've actually only fired one person um, from Mad Media because um, that turned out to be like a really bad decision on my part. But I learned from it. And I just realized that I shouldn't hire someone like that person and everybody else has been really, really good actually. So I've, I've, I've been able to have really good picks when it comes to people in my team.
0: And do you hire, so for me, in the past, I've hired people based on um, personality match with me and based on um, work ethic and yeah. not based on, not, of course they need to have some experience, but I'm not hiring people who are more advanced than I am, for example. Um, and so my question for you is, are you hiring people based on personality and then you take time to train them or do they have skills like Facebook marketing? They have skills like do they know how to do what you're doing or you literally have to teach them everything?
1: Yeah. So A lot of people go like, oh, you know, what is the minimum requirement for for this job? And I'm like, you should just be awesome at it. That's pretty yeah. much it. So the first person I ever hired did not go to college and she's done only high school and she decided that she was going to earn money and she's going to save up and she's going to go to college with her own money. And I really sort of applauded that. And I, when I met her, I was like, you know, that is so me. That is something that I would do. And that was like a sort of like a vibe, um, you know, match for me. Second thing, she seemed like a very, very hardworking person who would take instructions and just kind of stick to it. So I wanted someone to kind of um, understand where I'm coming from rather than a rebel at that point. So um, I keep hiring people every time with a vibe. So every time I interview them, um, I feel like this person is not vibing with me. This person is just trying to, I've had, you know, had to interview a lot of men who are not okay with reporting to a woman. So I'm like, Hey, I'm never going to hire this person, you know, Cause they go like, So, you know, one person actually walked in and be like, am I, am I doing an interview with you? And I'm like, yes, he's like, I thought I'm meeting the CEO. And I'm like, seriously, oh my- so, um, yeah, and I was like, and I just spoke to that person for like maximum two minutes because I wanted to give him that time of the day. Um, and, and then he just left and honestly. It's all about the vibe. There's some positions which are always skill-based, which are always um, experience-based. For example, graphic designing. If that is something I'm looking for, then I want to look at a portfolio. I want to see what kind of stuff they can do. I usually sometimes test them out and be like, hey, you have one hour, can you do this for me? And I'll see their speed and I'll see all of that. So I think it's different for every role. For like a finance role, I really don't um, think about much as long as they know their numbers and they know how much tax I need to charge that's yeah.
0: awesome <laughs> like, just figure that out thank you
1: Yeah, because I hate doing that
0: <laughs> oh yeah no I, my, I just did my taxes this morning and I, I was on the phone with my accountant and I was like so happy because he's like you don't have to because I thought for all these things I do I have to report like each individual one which will take forever when you're yeah. doing kind of small jobs yeah. all the time and I was like it's a full-time yeah. job just to go find all these jobs in my bank account and he's like no just put the total amount and I was like thank you for knowing that, I can do that. <laughs> and two days, of writing down $4.25, $10, dollars so, <laughs> it. Yes, I love that. Yeah, because something I struggle with is, um, and I wonder if you have run into this at all, your job is different from mine, but, but there is some layover where I feel like I'm so experienced um, that it's hard for me to hire people that know how to do things that I don't know how to do because I've been doing it so intensely for so long. And the people that might know better than me, of course they exist, but they're extremely expensive. Like these are the people that work at Google and Facebook and I'm like, I don't have a $300,000 a year salary I to pay you, okay? So I have to be hiring like more, you know, more, not entry level, but closer to entry level people. So like, have you struggled with that at all? Like, do you just direct everything yourself or are you able, I know it's different in, in Pakistan because Salaries are a little more manageable there, but it's still, you're still getting income at that level. So I imagine it would still be difficult to a degree. Have you encountered that at all or not really?
1: Um, I've been able to hire, I think um, entry level um, and then a little beyond entry level, but I haven't been able to hire like a senior resource. Um, Cause I think the same goes for me because every client I talk to, they just want to meet me, you know? They want me to be part of their meetings. They want me to be part of their pitch, their presentations, and even when you know when they have their internal meetings, they just want me to be part of it. Because what is Mad Media? Mad Media is me. You know, it's yeah. my face. It's it's me, and pretty much anybody who knows me knows Mad Media. So um, I never wanted to hire a senior resource, not because of the salary or anything, because um, I just felt like. Then I'll get redundant, you know, not because I know so much, and I feel like everybody can teach um, everybody. Um, but I don't want to get redundant yet. Um, but the plan is eventually, uh, by by probably mid next year, I want to hire someone who can do what I do, so I can step away and focus on other businesses, right? But till the time I'm involved, I want to work with people who I can teach, and they can grow, and they can come to that level where they handle it for me. So it's sort of entry level and a little beyond entry level, the the team that I have at this point. Um, yeah, so I think that's pretty much it. That makes me think about it. Wait. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm just so like, like oh, I'm just,
0: because I'm oh like, why am I not? <laughs> yeah, I hate the feeling of having to check everything. Like, I want to be able to have people that I can trust that anything they're doing is at the level that i expect because just like you my face is very much associated with my company and so any email that goes out of our company any messaging any post like that's gonna reflect on me even simple things like grammatical errors like it doesn't look good because i'm a native english speaker so you know so there's there's all these small things that i wonder how people deal with and i know my partner who has his own company also struggles with this with finding people who can do as well as we could do ourselves. That's a struggle we have is like, yeah. should I, why should I pay you if I can do it better faster, you know? And yeah, that's true. something I've heard from other entrepreneurs is sometimes you have to accept that, you know, actually I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say which company it is, but one of our friends runs a big company in the US and really big. And he says 20% of his employees do 80% of the work. <laughs> So he has 20% of the employees that are like the awesome employees that are really go-getters. And then 80% are like, they're fine, but they're not like killer, but they're also necessary. So you can't just only keep 20%. So I think the thing I need to accept is like not every employee necessarily is going to be like killer like you, you know, cause
1: people like okay. us. And I don't think anybody can be you because the, the the life that you've lived and the experience that you've had um they will possibly not be able to uh, beat that so yeah. they're only there to sort of You need to understand these employees are there to learn from you grow as a team with you um, and also sort of empower you by getting stuff done that you don't honestly want to because otherwise you would have done it yourself
0: yeah. um
1: so initially I did struggle with my uh, you know this micromanaging constantly like hey you know show, show me the post that is going on this page show me the and all of that stuff Um, I think quarantine has really sort of made me so laid back that everything is just happening on its own and I just get like an update on every Monday and be like, oh, this, this, this happened, this, this, this happened. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just going to speak to the client because they want to speak to me.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. I
1: keep telling people like, you know, speak to my team. It's fine. You know, you can talk to them. But my team is, again, very young. Um, I don't know why people have this thing with age. They go like, if someone's young, they probably would not know enough. Um, and that is just horrible to think because you really can't understand that you can't equate age equals to knowledge. Yeah, it's it's experience. It's it's a lot more that equals to knowledge. Well, and so, especially in the digi- yeah, that's why people want to talk to me.
0: Yeah, especially in the digital media world. It's usually actually if you're young, yeah. you know a lot more. Like my assistant is 19, but she is smarter and more capable in digital media than a lot of people my age. Even though I did grow up with social media, she really grew up with social media. So what we might have to exactly. learn is very natural to her. She just does it on her own. Okay. Yeah. All right, we have come to the money section of our conversation. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs>
0: One, what are your expenses every month? So what do you have to pay every month with employees, with rent, insurance, graphic designing, everything?
1: Okay. So, um, every month, I have to pay the rent of my office. Um, I have to pay my 10 employees. Um, Then utilities, for example, like water, electricity, and all that stuff that is separate. That's not included in the rent for us. Um, That's pretty much office stuff. Um, But... For for myself, I have to pay for groceries. I have to pay um, for the house. I have to pay for a lot of things because my husband and I are fifty percent partners in everything. I didn't want to take his money or ask for mm-hmm. like a pocket money or be like, "Hey, you're the man, pay for everything," and I'll just live here and be like, "I'm empowered." Um, yeah. No, no, I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to pay fifty percent of everything. So those are pretty much my monthly expenses. Yeah, I think I wouldn't call travel as a monthly expense. I think travel is more like a bonus for me now. Yeah,
0: exactly. And so, what is like around how much? How much is that though? So, do you much?
1: want it in dollars or like dollars? What, what? What? U.S. dollars? Okay, that for for that, I'd really have to calculate. So maybe you yeah. could put like you know the dollar amount once I okay they it in your <laughs> thingy and then we will
0: translate later.
1: <laughs> so in Pakistani rupees. Um, I have to pay home and office expenses are about, mm-hmm, about 400,000. 400, yeah. Four 450,000. 400 to 450,000 PKR every month. They are. So I'm trying
0: to change that to USD because I have literally no clue what that is.
1: You have to just divide it by 160.
0: Just divide it. By Okay, so that's around $2,500. Okay, so that's a lot. Yeah. So you have to make at least $2,500 just to break even. Do you ever
1: yes. get nervous about doing that or
0: you're always like, it's easy?
1: Only when I lose a client, that's when I get start getting a little nervous. And that really gets me, you know, like awake all night and I'm talking to my husband about it and I'm like... Okay, okay, what am I supposed to do? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? So then the savings fund sort of I have to pull out of. But I've been able to sort of replenish that empty spot uh, of that client with someone or the other. So there are two types of clients that I have um, there's a retainer client and then there's a project client. A retainer client is someone who pays me monthly a fixed amount for a fixed scope of work services. Right. Okay. I'll take a look at their social media or I'll take a look at their PR and I know every month these are my duties. So I will get this much amount every month. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: And project is something which is sort of like a bonus, which is basically the stuff that I, you know, pay bonuses with or I invest into something or that sort of comes to me. Um, Projects is basically the added stuff. So for the break-even amount, I always make sure that my retainers are equal to at least the amount of money I need to um, pay out. for everything. And even if I'm breaking even every month, I'm okay. Yeah. I can't go under that. So the minute I lose one of my clients and all of a sudden a chunk of money is just taken away from me, um, that's when I get uh, a little freaked out so i try to replace that person within a month or month and a half and i just pick up on anybody who was willing to sign a contract with us for 12 months
0: so you do 12-month contracts for retainers
1: yeah we do for retainers it's a 12-month contract and if they like our work they can continue doing that with an increased charge um just like sort of renting a place you have to pay that even if you use it or not yeah so it's kind of like that
0: and what, so is it like 500 per client usually, or is it sometimes depends on the client, the amount per month?
1: It depends on the client and it depends on their scope of services. For example, it's a very small client um, and they probably get like 10 posts done or um, doesn't they don't really have much work. So we charge them the minimum amount. Um, and when it comes to, um, you know, a little bigger clients, a little more scope of work and a little more complex, then we start sort of upping uh, the number. Um, but we we are still not working with multinationals for uh, retainer, because okay. for a multinational to sign you for a retainer, you must have about five to seven years of a bank statement. And I've only been in the industry for about three years. Yeah, that makes so, it yeah.
0: really hard. Ugh, all that yeah. stuff makes it complicated. Okay,
1: with small businesses, support local businesses.
0: Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm interested in this in this, um, in the way you do the retainers. So, cause I'm more familiar with project-based work cause pretty much everything I do is project-based and um, most people that I know we work on a project-based basis. So that one I'm more familiar with, um, and with and I am familiar with retainer work but I'm interested in like how do you decide what amount you're going to charge for how much work because, and then how do you make, and is it like, is it literal physical work? Like I'm doing 10 posts Or is it like you have 10 hours of talking to me and getting advice this month? Like, how do you balance that?
1: So usually a retainer contract uh, has a scope of work written in it, but it is not necessary that it might have number of posts written or um, the number of PR mentions we're going to get them or any number of hours. We don't commit to that, right? Uh, What we do commit to is sort of, Handling all your creatives, everything else, um, and doing all your media. So we basically say these are, these are our job roles. So it's kind of like you're paying a salary for a person, but instead of hiring a person, you're hiring a company to do it. Mm -hmm. And there are 10 people who are going to do it for you. Right. So, so we basically take care of job roles and anything given to us is sort of our, um, our responsibility. Um, there, there are some contracts where, where, they're charg- where we're charging a little lesser or they're asking for a discount. So we, we keep it to a limit and be like, okay, we will not do more than this amount of work, right? Um, and there are no dedicated resources. And we're, because a lot of people ask for a dedicated resource that could be their person, their point of contact, They don't have to call six seven different people and i honestly can't be anyone's point of contact at this point um so it it works like this and how much we charge depends on scope of work for example if it's someone who's just getting their social media posts done from us um just getting them created and they already have a different media agency then we're gonna charge them the least amount then it's, it's someone who wants to get social media creation done but also get their media done for example their boost and everything then we charge a certain surcharge then there's creative work which is okay we also want to get our booklets or our pamphlets or our flyers or our billboards designed by you then we charge another amount and any work that we get in that month from them we give a, we give it a timeline that 24 hours is minimum and you'll get your work in 48 hours so they know that there's a person Who is, there's a whole company which has 10 people, which is going to be available for us whenever we want it. Um, And any kind of of out-of-pocket expense, we charge separately. For example, if they want us to hire an animator, you know, that they like and they want us to work with them and all that stuff. So the money for the animator is going to be separate, which is also going to be mentioned. Hey, out of You know pocket expenses are not included will be charged as per actual so we'll also do the service of paying them ourselves and we'll wait 30 days for them to pay us okay so So we we can provide that service as well so it all depends on how much work you're doing for someone like you um you know projects are you know your main sort of source of income but with retainers i'm not sure but that maybe there are some clients who want to work with you on one video every month sort of a basis and and that's a guaranteed sort of paycheck the reason why i wanted to get into retainers first was because i wanted that safety and security which entrepreneurship does not have
0: exactly i
1: understand that a lot of people don't go into um being an entrepreneur because of the fact that does not give you a guaranteed paycheck so um that's one reason i wanted to make sure at least all my expenses are met Because I don't want to be a person be like, hey, I'm not earning anything and I still have employees to pay. That's what was happening in this Corona lockdown right now. Um, People are just not paying their employees, but I'm paying my employees to make sure they're going to keep working with me. Yeah, because my client is continuing to pay me uh, because I'm willing to work. It's not like I'm refusing to work. If I refuse to work, then you don't pay me. Yeah. Yeah, I think having
0: retainer clients is really smart, but and it's really good that you're able to get them because I know it's hard for a lot yeah. of people to lock down a client for an entire year, you know, on retainer payments.
1: For so my first year, I only had one retainer client, um, and that's why I only had one employee for um, you know my first year because I didn't want to hire more people and wonder where am I going to pay them from. So you wanna you wanna basically go hand in hand. Oh, today I have more people, that means I can, you know, I need to get more retainers. Or, today I have more retainers, that means I can hire more people. So you just go hand in hand and then grow accordingly.
0: So in the pre-corona landscape, before everything went to crap, what was the average amount you would make per month through the company as a company? Like, let's say your outcome is 2500 you have to spend 2500 What's like your average income? Not your highest month, not your lowest month.
1: My average would be <laughs> This is the question. The question is awesome. <laughs> Listen for I've, this question. I've never never answered this question. Um, but the thing, we, we say mashallah okay so if anybody of no. any pakistani right, any muslim is watching this please say mashallah okay mashallah, mashallah. um and i'm only a- a- answering this question because there is a lot of curiosity and people it's okay for people to know i guess um yeah. <laughs> so i make in pakistani amount about 1.2 million a month that's pretty good so so that is it feels so weird. Saying like, what are you making me do? <laughs> so that's the pretty much average, um, and you can you can probably do the dollar amount. I think um, you it's know eight thousand is my guess. Yeah, one
0: yeah. yeah one. I don't even know how to write million. Zero 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 zero. Do, do you want me to
1: do you want me to add the retainer amount in it or like?
0: Yeah, your average monthly amount of income, including retainer clients and
1: project-based clients,
0: before you pay employees.
1: Before I pay employees, yeah, so so that would be around 1.7, one, 1.6 or 1. 1.7 6, 7 million. Yeah. That's
0: pretty good, seven, zero, 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 zero. That's great, that's very good. I need the, I need the tug life glasses over here now. <laughs> Deal with it, editor. Put those in, please. Whoever's editing this.
1: <laughs> and and, and it goes to say, so some months are really good, some months are really bad. Um, but what keeps me afloat are the retainers, for sure. Um, when I started my company, I had a I had a goal that I'm gonna make a million a month every um for the whole year. Um. And in my first year, I was able to achieve that. So that, that sort of drove me to the point where I need to go a little higher, a little higher and keep saving and everything. So that's a yeah, great. I've been very blessed. Actually, you
0: know, a lot of people think that in other countries, it's really hard to make a good living and it's like almost impossible. So I think that will be inspirational for a lot of people to hear because you're very young, you're doing all of this on your own. And even if, you know, some people do have a little help to get started, to me, that doesn't mean they're not smart and doing a good job. But, you know, you are doing it on your own. And I think that will help a lot of people see it is possible, you know, and it is yeah. something you can build. And you're, you know yeah. what I like about you is you're still, I'm very high strung So I'm, I'm making, you know, my living, but I'm very stressed all the time. <laughs> and you seem stressed sometimes, but like you're not always stressed. Whereas like I'm like mostly stressed. 80 percent of the day so i think that's nice Is you can have a work-life balance you know you're doing stuff with your husband you're choosing cute outfits and you know doing your fun trips and things
1: yeah so, so when i when i started working for myself i made sure um i kept to like a like, sort of like a mantra of sorts so it, it used to go like uh work to sustain travel to stay sane Oh, so I think that's what I that's what I believe in. That I work to sustain myself, um, to to keep my mind sustained, to keep my sort of needs and wants sustained. Um, but honestly, the thing that I enjoy the most in the world, uh, which is why I love what you do, is because you get to travel the world and you get to explore cultures. And you, uh, I love it when you go like, hey, I don't know which country am I going to be in like in like a week, and I'm <laughs> like, that's the life. So every time you look at someone else they go like that's the life. Yeah. Not
0: knowing where you'll be. Now I know where I'll be forever. And <laughs> <you're>
1: gonna- <laughs> so
0: another four weeks of lockdown for you, right? Yeah, four more weeks at least, and then they're doing like a three phase unlock. But I think it's yeah. gonna be a very slow process. So I'm just assuming I'm in here for the rest of summer and I'm trying to stay calm. Yeah. 2020 is cancelled 2020 is cancelled life resumes in 2021 we'll go back to real life retreats and uh everything oh i did want to ask you before we go about your retreats a little bit thank you by the way for being yeah. cool about your finances everyone clap for her yay
1: only for you aline and and people who are gonna watch you eventually <laughs> <laughs> like and all the other people who are
0: gonna watch this
1: <laughs> hopefully not too many will keep
0: the views low one thing that will make you feel better is that, you know, for most videos, people never watch till the end. Like, you know, oh. 20% watch till the end. So most people
1: won't even get it. Do not use me as clickbait. This girl earns da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh,
0: no, 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 no. You're safe. You're safe. Um, we did it with Nas. Oh, right. too. I did this series called How to Life. And then I made him say his salary also. So he was like... Cool. Um, But with your retreats, I want to know, do you, like, how do you run those? What's your, so for me, it's, I'm running it by myself mostly, and I might have one person helping me on the retreat, like a co-teacher or something. And then I have around 16 women and um, we're doing 80% work and 20% fun stuff. So for you, I get the feeling it's more 50-50 work and fun. Yeah. Also, I feel like you have quite a few girls running it with you. So for you, is the retreats primarily a business venture? Is that supposed to be a source of income? Or is it primarily some other motive, which is networking or something like that?
1: Um, so Utopia Retreats is right fun model, um, which is, it's co-owned by me. Um, my husband and I both own Utopia Retreats. He is the um, the managing director, and I am the CEO. So how it works is that um, I have trip leaders, which are basically essentially uh, girls. For for example, we're doing an all girls trip, then I'm gonna pick about a girl or two uh, who's gonna help me out manage it because somebody has to wake them up, somebody has to you know make sure we're following the uh, timeline properly, and everybody's getting all their questions answered and whatsoever. Um, As a managing director, my husband looks after everything that's happening behind the scenes. So, for example, wherever we're going, where's our transport at, uh, where are reservations at, um, you know, are we running according to the time that we planned, Uh, because we have a lot of 50% is basically day trips and all that other touristy stuff because, again, Pakistanis Pakistanis don't get to travel so much. We want to make sure if they're coming to Bali, they also explore Bali, right? So so my husband looks after all of that i on the other hand i'm hosting it with the girls um i want to make sure everything is taken care of i'm sort of the person um i'm sort of the face of it um for someone for something like an all-girls trip but when eventually it's going to become a mixed trip because we're going to do different uh types of retreats then my husband and i both are going to be on the front and the back end um, if it's going to be an all boys thing, then my husband is going to be on the front of it, and I'm going to be on the back end of it. So it, even in both my last trips, you would see like ten girls, and then there's a there's one dude who's walking in front of them. <laughs> so I feel like eventually it's going to be like ten guys, and then one girl sort of walking in between them, like, hey, <laughs> I'm here, I'm right here. Don't forget me. It's a mostly boys trip. <laughs> That's awesome so yeah, you it. cool. It's a very fun model. Um, it's not a source of income for me as of yet. We've only do, done two trips. Um, in the first one, I ended up paying a lot out of my pocket um, because we did not get enough signups. Uh, we were very reluctant. Second yeah. time around, we got a lot of sign ups and um, because again, the dollar rate is so high for Pakistanis, not everybody can afford it. We try to be very subsidized. That's the first thing that I want to do for my uh, trips that can be sponsored by brands. So for example, we got three brands that would sponsor it. So somebody took care of travel insurance, somebody took care of like products and goodies, and they just took care of money and all they want from influencers is a sort of like a PR shout out, which I discussed with them that, hey, listen, we're giving you a discount based on this, this, this. So are you willing to pay lesser and do a shout out for them? Um, And if they agree they get to sign something because I don't want anyone to like not like after they're done They're like, I'm not doing it Um, (laughs) So we always try to subsidize it subsidize it first for people because I want more and more people to be part of it Um, And maybe eventually I think what I've what I've seen in sort of the future is that by the fifth or the sixth trip That's when I probably am making a profit Um, right now even it's not a bad deal because I get to travel without paying anything for myself. So I think it's pretty good. Yeah. You're like, I get a nice trip
0: with these cool people.
1: Awesome. Yes, And and this time around, we were able to partner up with uh, Emirates and they provided like five business class upgrades. So my trip leader, my host, and one of my attendees all got to experience business class for the first time. and they're saying we're never going back we're we're never going back to economy (laughs) i'm like yeah business business class does that to you business class (laughs) it was amazing especially for a long haul flight you kind of need it like my back probably would break yeah
0: i'm always flying to the u.s and it's like 17 hours and i'm like a business class international the u.s is everyone expensive i'm just yeah i'm sure Mm.
1: but that's the thing you need to look at an opportunity and just be like hey listen i'm going i'm gonna provide you some content would you like to sponsor this trip i should
0: i just always feel like I ask for too much and i'm like no no you're asking for too less (laughs) yeah well they're always like you deserve so much more (laughs) i'm like no you can pay me ten thousand dollars if you want a video like i'm not doing a video in exchange for something worth three thousand dollars like
1: no, thank you. yeah for sure you want to make sure that it at it, it least equals to the amount of money that you would charge exactly there's no point of being like hey if it's a three thousand dollar ticket and you're providing them fifteen thousand dollars worth of content yeah. why do they get to benefit so just go exactly. like hey i'm just gonna happen. do a story because that's the only thing this is worth or you could take care of six trips and then i'll do one video for you Exactly, I would do that. I would say I'll
0: take a lifetime of first (laughs) class tickets and I will give you one video in exchange. That's my value. (laughs) So
1: Aline, do you get managed by someone or do you like just take care of your own
0: affairs? I do not have a manager. I take care of my own affairs.
1: And do you like that or would you want
0: someone to manage you eventually? I think I would want someone to manage me. My only thing is that in the past when I've talked to managers, They want percentages of inbound business, which I don't want to give because it's just like, that's all the work. It's already done. It's inbound. And I'm really good at negotiating. Whereas a lot of creators are not business people inside of their hearts. I am a business person and I can negotiate like a savage. So, you know, I think I would, I did work with an agency once and then I give them a percentage of any work they bring in. So I worked with like Fab Fun and a few other brands, and they took I don't know, ten like percent or whatever they take. And so, like, I'd be very happy to work with an agency that was bringing inbound work. But for yeah. me, like, I'm not getting, I'm not so crazy busy that I can't, like, it ta- like, for example, I just got a speaking engagement. It takes one email. So imagine me giving a thousand dollars to somebody for responding to an email. That's that so- it. it's crazy. So yeah. I don't work with anyone yet, but I would love to. I mean, I've been thinking about hiring someone in my own company that just can yeah. inbound stuff because then I'm just paying a monthly amount and then they can do the. That
1: would be more smart for you because, again, you are so known that eventually an agency is definitely not going to get more business for you as much as you yourself can. Yeah. So you're definitely um, good with the whole salary track. That you can hire someone pay them a monthly salary and they basically take care of everything for you so it's kind of like managing your calendar which is essentially what yeah. they're doing um and asking you how much would you like to you know charge for a certain thing and they're just kind of responding so basically your hands sort of get a little free your brain gets a little free so you can know I, I would love that yeah because your job is brain. is so creative that if you're going through a creative block that's sort of like stopping your income oh yeah right so it's- you want to keep your mind free from stress and like from managing stuff so yeah. that's basically basic hygiene which for which i i would really recommend like hiring someone so then the next time i get a call it's from your um, manager and be like uh, I would like to pencil you in my calendar. And be like, uh, can I get to talk to Aline? And they you like, yeah, she'll be there for like five minutes. So just be there. <laughs> no, you can
0: No, I totally agree. It's much better to do that. That's exactly the type of person that I'm struggling to find. It's someone that has that savvy and like knows how to handle things and like knows how to talk to different people because you have to talk differently to like. influencer and to a brand you cannot use the same tone Yeah,
1: and like you have to be emotionally intelligent for people to know that what kind of uh, vibe am I supposed to give right now a professional one or like a little more casual one and I think not everybody gets to have that Um, but I'm sure there's a huge community out there which, which would love to work for you like I'm sure you can do like speed interview so like 20 seconds talk to me (laughs) i should do that i should
0: do speed you get 60 seconds
1: record it and put it up that would be so fun
0: oh that's such a great idea maybe i'll put it on this new i I don't know if i'm going to put this on my dear lean channel on youtube or make a new channel just for business i'm trying to decide um but i'm really interested in in the whole business world so and i think there's so much like i was saying in my intro before this i was recording the intro Sorry, I have to go now because my, my team is waiting for a team meeting. They keep calling me. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. But they, I was like, you know, as a woman growing up, I didn't see almost any women in business. And so I just assumed I couldn't be in business, like subconsciously. I was like, oh, women don't do business, which is crazy because I'm from the U.S. It's like we're supposed to be so modern. And then as an adult, I'm like, why didn 't I study business in school like and so it's kind of interesting because I somehow internalize these messages that women are not good at business, and so now I want to give the resources to women and the like the reason I said I like transparency is so they can feel empowered they know what they're working to because yeah. guys all talk together and tell each other this that these secrets in business yeah we don't have that because there's not enough of us in business three percent of ceos are women who are we supposed to talk to you know so i am grateful to you you are our first
1: interviewee and uh, i'm so proud of that i'm gonna i'm gonna brag about this a lot yeah you're like i'm taking this to the bank i am bragging all the way (laughs) Yes. I I was just bragging about it to my husband yesterday. I'm like, you know what? I'm like the first one to go on and he's like, yeah, I'm pretty proud of you, babe. I'm like, no, say it more. Say it more. (laughs) Be more proud. Be more excited. (laughs) Awesome. This was so much fun. This is the first time we got to talk to each other. Finally, face to face. so natural, too. (laughs) I know. And I can't wait to meet you. So hopefully, wherever we are, maybe Bali, or maybe I'll come to Singapore, whenever you come to Pakistan, or whatever, every, anywhere in the world. Post-Corona times, we'll get to meet. And I want to give you a big, big hug because you've been such an inspiration and I love the way you do your work. And I think you are a force to be reckoned with. And thank you so much for doing this for everyone across the world.
0: Oh you are very nice. I'm blushing
1: now. Okay, thank you. Now no more compliments. <laughs> okay, you take care of yourself. Have a great team bye. meeting, okay? Okay. Bye. bye. Take care of yourself.